Welcome to episode 27 of the Wedding Wisdom Podcast with Doug Winters. I am your host, Doug Winters, and I am truly delighted to bring you today's guest, the endlessly charming, internationally renowned, best-selling author, and brilliantly creative event designer, Mr. Preston Bailey. Oh, that's so much better. Uh, this is great. Wonderful. Preston Bailey. This is very exciting. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to have you. Yeah, it's been a while. Yes. What have you been up to? Um, my band's still still cranking them out. Are you keeping <laughs> dancing, huh? Yeah, keeping <laughs> them dancing. You know, you know, since their best, um, the last two people I interviewed were right. Harriet. Oh my God, I love her. Who, literally, I talked to her last night, and she said, I. He's absolutely a creative genius uh, and the sweetest man who ever lived. Well, again, you know, I think she's the great dame of the industry. That's exactly, yeah, exactly. She really I, have I created so this world. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a perfect word. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like royalty. Right. So how long have you been doing this? This is very exciting for you. I've been doing the podcast uh, going on about a year. Wow. Yeah. Wow, congratulations. Yeah. So it's, it's, I'm trying to... Um, Sort of make a like a compendium of, of inf- you know the best information from the from the best people in the business. I love that compendium. I'm going to use that <laughs> yeah. word. Yeah. I think I just I don't know where I came from. Um, you know, so that all the information would be in one place. Yeah. So that if someone's planning something, they can hear from Preston Bailey. They can hear from Harriet Katz. They can hear from I was just at Bill Spinner at the Pierre. Oh my God, Bill is fantastic. Who loves you also? I mean, you are universally loved. <laughs> I didn't talk to one person that didn't say, wow, you've got Preston on? That's amazing. Like, you know, I like, bribe everybody. Give them money. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the trick was. How long have you been in the business? Since, like, 90? 90, yeah. 90, since 90, huh? Yeah, it yeah I started in 1980, 10 years before you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the, the thing that I remember most is that I love getting to sites super early. Mm-hmm. And... You actually don't see florists unless you get there super early, yeah. which is interesting because oh, so much right. of what a florist yeah, does is, yeah, so, yeah. is before. It's finished by 4 yeah, or 5 so, o'clock when yeah, you yeah, arrive. Yeah. You can easily, you know, a, a, like a band and a florist would never meet up, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I would get there really early and you'd be just meticulously checking every single... Centerpieces. Centerpieces. So structures or whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. <laughs> they have gotten bigger and bigger through I, the that, I want to talk to you about that, too. Um, I hope that I, I put that into my own business mm. as well, but I saw you doing that, and I said, that is, that's great. That's what, you know, I, I think you. that I, Thank you know, you. I, I like to think that that's what I try and do, you know, with my musicians, and, you know, just to fine-tune everything. Right. You have to. I mean, clearly, you know, we have always heard all the detail and the small. It's not the big things that matter. It's the really little detail that people look at and pay attention to. And in your case, that they listen to. Yeah. You know, the subtleties is really... Exactly. I think that's where the goal is. Right. So the Preston Bailey brand, you're one of the very few people who have transcended the wedding event industry. Mm-hmm. Like your name is associated with... Uh, in, it, it's known in pop culture. Right. I mean, people know who Preston Bailey is. Maybe because you've worked with, with Oprah or with Martha Stewart or um, like you've been like adopted right. <laughs> you know, by the world yeah, outside yeah, of yeah. weddings yeah. and in corporate events. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, that would happen after 38 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just hang in there long enough. Congratulations. And you make enough mistakes, eventually you become an expert somehow. <laughs> <laughs> so so tell me, I was. Uh, you're from Panama. I am from Panama, yes. And uh, I was just doing some homework and I looked it up. And Panama is, 40% of Panama is jungle or rainforest. It is. Again, I think it's one of the most beautiful countries that is completely developing in the past few years. That it's quite a, but again, I think a lot of the inspiration, you have seen so many trees in yeah. my design. Oh. That's come from Panama. <laughs> Grew up in the jungles. You did grow up. So tell me what it was like in, when, when did you come here to the United States? And came here like in 1969. I was like 19 years old, okay. completely dropped out of high school, was getting into trouble. My <laughs> parents is like, you know, you need to get out of here. Book <laughs> <laughs> me on a flight and ship me to New York City. So how'd you become Preston Bailey? <laughs> well, you know, again, when I first arrived, fresh out of dropping out of high school, not having a direction. So 1970s was a bit of a blur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in New York City. They're all certainly. partying and doing drugs and having a good time. Right, exactly. That was, that, that was the heyday of Studio 54 and all it that? It was, exactly, and I was very much in the middle of it. Oh, wow. And, you know, I did some modeling at the time, you know, whatever. And I remember I was like... I going to ask you about that. Yeah, um, you know, again, it yeah. was the sort of a black is beautiful movement. <laughs> right. If you were black and slightly attractive, you got inducted into the model world. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't terribly someone successful. Had said, someone said, he reminds me of Seal without the <laughs> oh scars God, on his face. I have always heard that. <laughs> I wish I had his voice. Uh, yeah. But anyhow, so yes, so I remember uh, I also owned a clothing store at one point after saving some money and... I remember we had French clothing, and what not, not a very good businessman, and I went <laughs> out of business overnight. It was, oh, I think it was in 1979 or so. And you're still a kid. You're still relatively you know, 20s, so, yeah. 20, 29, 30 years old. Yeah. And uh, here was I, like for a couple of years, actually. I had no direction. I had no plans. I didn't know what to do. Wow. And a very good friend of mine, the interior designer and good friend, even today, by the name Center Wolf, I remember him driving back from the Hamptons one day from his house and he whining. Wait, what was his name? I'm sorry. Vicente Wolf. Vicente an Wolf. amazing, okay. amazing interior designer. Ah, okay. And we're driving in his car and I was bitching, oh, you know, Vicente, I don't have any money. I'm going to get evicted. I'm getting an evicting notice. And he's like, you know, Preston, I have these clients that I do their apartment. Why don't you just plan to do weekly flowers for them so what we're going to do i have no idea i mean oh you had no background in flowers or please I mean, oh that's hysterical <laughs> this is just vincent from nowhere <laughs> i don't even thank him today and yes and that's how it began i remember going to the floor market early in the morning and being so terrified at the time you know it was like a big shit show in the floor market I mean, it was like <laughs> really? crazy and you know, eventually, you know, you just started and something. You know your way around. Yeah, and you know, it took a few years and a lot of trial and errors, right? And not making any money, maybe like for the first ten years or so. Oh, really? You know, and again, you know, I really admire people that are having business today, and mm -hmm. they have a business plan and they plan everything out. 
this was just about survival. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, you know, I managed to, I remember I used to get like $150 a week from the flowers that I did. <laughs> so, you know, I had two clients. That was $300 a week, which back then... Was and were you paying for the flowers? Or <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I sort of spent, of the 300 I probably spent 280 That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I made $20 that week. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I think in order to learn, I suppose we have to pay. And, you know, it was a very uh, educational... Literally pay your dues. I did. I yeah. really did. I really did. So, and again, and those was the 80s. But one of the things that I did back then, which I thought was sensational, and I didn't know what I was doing, mm -hmm. is that I was photographing all of the work that I was doing. Uh, and later on... Just for fun or just to have a book of what you work? You is. know, again, you know, we didn't have the internet. Don't we have the... You, you I know, know. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> this is the old days. We're talking about <laughs> yeah, the stone ages now. Uh, and eventually, you know, those photographs that I was taking, someone asked to do a book, and that's how my book, my first book happened. Oh, no kidding. So even, my point was that even though I was not making any money and I owed everyone money, it was crazy. Oh, wow. You know, so I think that was paying my dues, so to speak, and the book clearly became a bestseller. Put you on the, put you on the map. Correct, correct. It's one of those stories that I love to tell because you never know. Yeah. You really never know. Yeah. So that first book came out? Uh, 97, 98. 97, 98. Right, right. So when did you ex explode on the world of, or when did you creep into the world of weddings, and, and then when, when did it blow up for you? Well, I think it started in the 90s. I mean, you know, when Martha Stewart, oh, I love Martha, by the way. I think she's my goddess. I think Martha taught America that they could do their own flowers and they could entertain wonderfully. She is, yeah, she is so, such an influencer. It's incredible. You should said. interview her. You really should. I, I mean, I'd she love is, to. I, I yeah. love her. And I think Martha brought design to the world or to America anyway. Yeah. And in the 90s, it started getting, you know. Who was a model when she was young also? Yes. Yeah. Yes, she was. I, I love her. I think she's great. Um, but in 1996 or 97, an angel walked into my life, and that angel was called Joan Rivers. No. Yes, yes, yes. Joan is the one lady that absolutely put me on the map, so to speak. No kidding. You Tell me, I, I love Joan Rivers. Yeah, Melissa was getting married, and of course, you know, everyone in town wanted that wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, and those are one of those opportunities. I know, because like, I didn't get it. Oh, <laughs> were you? <laughs> Hey, she might get married again. You never know. There you go. But anyhow, I remember in having that opportunity, and I've always said that these opportunities come once in a while, and you have to put out all of the stops. Yeah. And I remember in like spending money that I didn't have and setting up this amazing table, and Joan walked in and said, "You hired." No way. All right. Mm -hmm. So back it up. Where did this? How, how did this had this come about? Like who hooked it up? Where was the table that you set up? Yeah, Joe Precioso, which was a banquet manager at the Plaza Hotel at okay. the time. Joe, if you're listening, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. You know, I've always thank you. And he's the one that introduced us. And at the time, of course, I've already had an office. Mm -hmm. And you know, I remember she saw Robert Isabel, she saw a lot of the big Robert design. Isabel, right. Sure. Oh my god, yeah. he first of all God bless you, Robert. You opened a lot of doors for a lot of yeah, us. Yeah, he really... He's the one that believed bigger is better. 
<laughs> yeah, more is more. Yes. <laughs> God bless your soul. So anyhow, so when Joan came in, we were hired. And again, you know, that famous uh, thing that we did with the Winter Wonderland, that one image kind of put us on the map. Yeah. And she introduced me to Oprah. And, you know, once you get Oprah-sized. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oprah-sized. <laughs> I was going to ask you about Oprah. <laughs> your life changes completely. Oh, wow. But, you know, I really think it's important for me not to sound like I've had it all figured out, which I don't. Yeah. Because no, even, that's fascinating that you didn't, up until 30, you know, you had a failed, you know, clothing store. <laughs> well, you know, and again, clearly, you know, I think we've been in business for very long, and I don't know about you, but I've certainly had amazing years. Oh, yeah. And I've had horrible years. Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible years that I cannot pay my employees, that I have to take my own money out. Yeah, sure. So, you know, the business is, is unpredictable. Right. And I think for that reason, sometimes we have to find other ways of making money that is not only events. And we have tried to do that very, very throughout this year. We have also tried to find other ways. How did Joan Rivers lead to Oprah, lead to this one, lead to Martha? I mean, you know, how did one sort of lead to another? Because you, you literally went from like being uh, like a well-known florist to being a superstar. Right. Well, I don't know what superstar, but thank you. So let me start by saying that. Certainly in this industry. Thank you. In this industry, you definitely on Mount Rushmore. Right. <laughs> you know, and I really, there's one credit that I have to give myself that I've always have. Mm -hmm. I am the one that came up with the concept of event designer. Event designer. When I started, I was a florist, which involves putting flowers. And we started doing room transformations putting up drapes, putting hanging things on the ceiling, oh. changing f floors. Yes, I noticed in, in some of your books, I, I went through a bunch of your books. Um, Thank you. And that there's, you do, did this amazing thing where there was a blue, the room, the whole room was blue and you had like panels. Right, right. On the ceiling mm -hmm. that looked like like if you looked up, you, you felt like you were in the ocean. Yeah, thank you. And thank then there was you. a floor Another thing you did with a with a floor with a with a lucite uh, dance floor, right. and underneath flowers. that were flowers. Yeah. So you were dancing on flowers, yeah. literally barefoot in the park. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. And you know, and I think in New York City, the concept of transformation or transforming rooms actually started. And the reason mm -hmm. why we had rather limited spaces in New York to work, right. so each client wanted the room to look completely different. So when they came in, it's like, Preston, how can we change this room? So we went from doing flowers on the table to see what we could do on the wall and what we could do on the ceiling and what uh, we could do on the floor okay. and what we could do with lighting. So in lighting. other words, you could have 10 weddings at the plaza or the pier or, you know, but and everybody knows what they look like empty. Correct. But then you, you, you look at it as a blank canvas. Correct. And I think that's where the concept of event designer came. Mm. And, you know, there are amazing people out there. I love my friend Colin. I love Colin Jeff Lathan. He's such an amazing, amazing, amazing ta ta uh, talent. Really? And, you know, there's a lot of uh, us 
uh, not only in America, but throughout the world that have taken this business to like another level. It's really quite impressive. When I was talking to your assistant, Patrick, who's, he said you just came back from India. I did, yes. Was yes, that an yeah. event or was that a vacation? I, I met a client there. And, you know, I also am doing something in Doha also, which is a royal wedding, which I'm very excited about. Wow. It's good. It's good. Wow. So do you remember that first time when, when Joan Rivers said you're hired? First of all, to see, for, uh, God, I, I wish everyone that I've known her will tell you the same thing. Yeah. You will fall in love with her the moment you meet her. Oh, She's the warmest, or she was the warmest and kindest. I mean, she will arrive sometimes and bring donuts and sweets and everything to the entire staff. And oh, she no goes kidding. around and, you know, and she made everyone feel so important. I think that's really stardom. You know, someone yeah, yeah, that is yeah, so yeah. approachable and, and warm. So yeah. she was. Uh, so the first time that I, it's like, oh my God, this is not happening. Yes, it is happening. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> so <laughs> after Melissa's wedding, was that sort of like the kickoff for you? Yes, because I think it was like six months later we were in Oprah. She called Oprah and she made the arrangements. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh, yes, so she she's did. so she really was an angel. She really uh, no, generous and. Not only that, and throughout the years, she have continued to support us. Wow! And to mention our name in every single opportunity she could. She was, she was no kidding, she, Oprah or Joe. Joan. Joe. Wow! Yeah, that is she so great. Amazing. So loyalty is a beautiful thing. It was great. I mean, she. Yeah. I get. I, I still miss her. Eventually, we became friends. And, yeah. You know, I dedicated one of my books for her. I really? Mean, she, yeah. I mean, you she, at her funeral? Yes, I actually we did the flowers for her funeral. Oh my gosh. Definitely. That must be really an awful feeling. It was, and I'm, uh, clearly, you know, Melissa still, you know, we still remain in touch. But it, yeah, it was such a shock at the time. Yeah. So tell me about the the lushness of the rainforest and of the jungle and stuff like that. Even though you weren't into flowers at the time, mm -hmm. it it had to ha have had its because what you're so what you're known for is these large. Um, I, I I saw an interview with you. You, you were talking about explosions. You right. had like gardenias, <clears throat> like hanging gardenias, and then you had um, uh, candles on top. Right, right. right. So that it, you said it looked like a like an explosion of, of flowers. You know, I think I've had a couple of aha moments in my business. Mm -hmm. One of them, as I said, now you sound like Oprah. <laughs> She's my angel too. <laughs> I'm Oprah-sized, so I have to sound like her. Eve, oh, that's great. Um, one of them was from Joan. She said, listen, Preston, I want you, when you design Melissa's wedding, for the guests to walk into the room and have the feeling that they've gone to the opera. O opera. The opera. Opera, oh, wow. excuse my, my accent. And I want them to have the feeling that you get when the curtain goes up and you see an amazing setting. Oh, yeah. I thought that was such a... Oh that's, a that's brilliant. I'm going to start doing that from now on. So yeah, that yeah. was one moment. And the next moment, talking about nature, is when I first arrived, I think it was like in the 90s, and one weekend I went to Washington, D.C. to mm -hmm. see the Sherry Blossoms weekend. And oh, it's magnificent. That was it. I mean, I was yeah. like, you know, I would love... I had the idea to see how I could possibly get the feeling that I was feeling seeing these thousands and thousands of blossoms to see how I could bring them into all of my events. Right. And since then, my events have been very floral for that reason. I love the idea of people walk in and it's like, oh my God, I'm just like lost, you know. One of the things that you talk about in your 
books or it was a, one of the interviews you were talking about what you love <clears> is <throat> um, the entrance right like when people walk in you gotta like get you said them. with Joan you have to get them you have to get them at the end that they have to go <gasps> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's when, like, they, when they walk in the room. What the hell is happening? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, it's not easy. New Yorkers are a little bit jaded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you spoiled them. <laughs> it's like, oh, they will walk in and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, you're pressing the gate with all of these oh. flowers. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's another direction we go. It's like, where do you go? <laughs> you know, not everybody love or work. I mean, I have to start saying that, mm -hmm. but I think people that appreciate flowers and also we always try to give it an art installation sort of a feeling something that oh wow people can remember for the rest of their lives that's my goal i wow. think and i'm sure the same with you i think a pot is really successful when everybody's dancing yeah or do not want to leave the room because it feels 100%. so like amazed you know yeah when that happened i know i, I nailed it yeah you never want to leave the room exactly yeah that's great um, so where'd you get the idea for the, the largeness of, uh, is, you know, I, opulence, whatever word, you know, comes to mind that just the, so many flowers, you know, right. such and large as, installations. And as I said, I mean, think that of that cherry blossom weekend. And, and again, if you see uh, there's like thousands everything's of pink, and, oh, what for miles, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. There was something about that lushness that really, really touched me. And wow. again, and that's the feeling that I got there that I'm hoping that all of the guests that walk into my parties, that they get this feeling of, oh my God, this is like the most incredible thing ever. Right. I don't always accomplish it, but I keep trying. Yeah, you keep trying. <laughs> and you have, you have to keep trying. Out Especially for the New Yorkers. Yeah, New York is a, a tough, tough crowd. It is a tough crowd. Don't you have that experience with music? or? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. When do you think you have nailed it? I know. It's funny. There's one part in every party. Right. Where, because I, I develop a, we have one band. Right. And, we develop, I develop a really good relationship with each client because mm. I talk to them all the time. Now with texts and email, it's so easy, you know, and, and with YouTube, like you were saying in the, you know, in the eighties and nineties, you know, if you wanted a, if someone wanted a new song, I'd literally have to go to uh, Sam Ash or oh, the Tower Records, buy the CD, make 10 copies of the, you know, of, of it on a cassette, mail it to all the guys in the band. Yeah. Now, literally I could be on the phone with you and say Doug do this do this song at the party you'll send me a YouTube right I can literally send that link to the guys while we're talking the whole thing takes a matter of a minute amazing and amazing. Um, so and what I do love, you do I, I've always wanted to ask this question to a band leader sure what do you do in an evening when no one is dancing you know the music is not working that's a great question I like people to be dancing from the minute they walk in that's 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 one of the catches I try and do. It's right. like, all right, people are sitting around for the ceremony, standing around for the cocktails. They're ready to party. And if it's, if it's a Catholic wedding, they, may, they might have been at the church and mm -hmm. then have two hours in between, you know, and it's like, let's get this thing rocking. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so, yeah. And, and a lot of caterers want to, all right, let's sit everybody down and take dinner orders. It's like, no, let's, let's, get, let's get people dancing right, so that they course. know they're, even if they're dancing for 15 minutes. Right, at least the, they get into the party mode immediately. Exactly. And even if you're doing, 
something really chill, you know, mm -hmm. if you do, you know, what's going on, my Marvin Gaye or, or, um, you know, my girl, right, or even right. some Sinatra or something mellow, whatever it takes to get people, right, you get know, them moving, moving. Yeah. Um, but nothing that, in your face, no horns blasting, you know, earth, wind and fire. Right, <laughs> that, right, that's like later on. Yeah. And then what I, what I try and do is like, the, when the, get everybody dancing in the very beginning, mm -hmm. then my favorite thing to do is to tell everybody to stay on the dance floor and introduce the bride and groom. That's pretty cool. So that when the bride and groom come in, they're literally surrounded by their friends and people know to sort of back off. Right, of course. And they're surrounded instead of people just sitting at their seats, you know, putting yeah. on their fork and say, oh, here they come. Right. <laughs> you know, so make everyone part of the, the, the day. And sort of at the tail end of the first dance, invite everyone to join. Right. Now they're set. Now I can hit them with, you know, Uptown Funk or whatever right, is the yeah, number, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever is I know is going to work. And, and then that, by the time they sit down for their first course, they might have been dancing for 25 minutes already. Right, of course. And they know that it's going to be a dancing party. Amazing. Another thing, I'm going to keep asking yeah, questions no, because please. I'm always interested. Planners have two points of view. A lot of planners prefer having the entire meal first, appetizer, dinner. <laughs> <laughs> And then dance later, but you prefer having course, dance, course, dance, which I agree with yes. you. That lends for much better parties. There's something about the four-hour block, and I don't know who started it. <laughs> you know, Robert Isabel, I don't know, right, you know right, 40 right, years ago, wh whoever, right. was the, uh, whoever was the head of the... Right. Um, but the magical thing of, it's an hour for ceremony. Yeah. So let's say the invitation is 7 o'clock. You start at seven thirty, on uh, you know on the clock. Mm. If it's a Jewish wedding, you step on the glass at five minutes to eight, right. <laughs> or you kiss the bride at five minutes to eight, and, and everybody walks into the cocktail hour. Cocktails, one hour. Right, no more. Than An that. hour and twenty minutes, too much. Too An hour and a half, bored, bored, too much. Bored. It's boring, mm. right? You're standing mm. around having a cocktail. What you know? What's the big deal? Right. And um, sometimes the bride and groom aren't even in the room. Right. So you definitely prefer the format of... Yeah, out one hour, one hour, four hours. Got it, got it, got it. And then the reason I like, when people say to me, and I, and I get a lot of people saying, listen, you know, watch your video and everyone's dancing and it's so great, that's what we want for the whole mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put all the courses in the beginning. Yeah. And I say, all right, think about it for a second. <laughs> Let's say the party is nine to one. And you've served everything by ten. <laughs> ten fifteen. Are you truly going to dance for three hours, you know, two hours and 45 minutes straight? Yeah. If you went to a club and you were drunk and you were this and you're there, you know, with all your best friends, you wouldn't stay on the dance floor for two for hours and long. 45 minutes. Never, I mean, never, never. You know, 40 minutes is an incredibly long dance set. Right. You know, that kind of makes sense. Or an hour, you know. Another question that I have, you know, that yeah, I have me. here. Hit me, that's so Floor funny. plans, floor plans. A floor lot plans. of times we have to create floor plans, and sometimes we put the dance floor in the middle of the room mm -hmm. and tables around the dance floor, which the band has tables in front of them. That's one floor plan. The other floor plan, of course, mm -hmm. is having the dance floor right there where the band is playing. Do you mind whenever... We have the dance floor in the middle, and there's tables that you're playing to tables. Is that something that bothers you at all? Yes, I hate that. 
okay, I shall never do that again. No, you know what's very funny is that I, uh, I, I really do develop nice relationships with my clients, and, and, and I say to them in the very beginning, I say, I will give you my opinion right. on everything. And you take it for what it's worth. Mm. I mean, you can mm -hmm. ask the photographer, you can ask a million people in the industry, um, and every single person will give you a different answer. Of course. Here's my thought about it. It's, it's very specific. If you have tables in between the band and the dance floor, unless the people dancing right in front of the band are dancing, the band's going to be too loud for them. It's going to be overwhelming. You're right. I never thought of it from that point of view. Um, that's one thing. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, and number two, we're so far away from everybody. Right, right, right. Thank you. I shall never do that floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and also the concept is that if the band becomes part, I don't, I don't even like to be on a huge stage. You like, know. for example, I, I, I much prefer the Pierre to the Plaza. Right. Because you're up on a six-foot stage. Right. Even right, though we've right. done some spectacular parties at the Plaza. But what is it, by the way, what is the biggest number? Of people we've played for? Right. No, the biggest number in your band. Oh, um, we've done like 15 pieces. Right. And you're comfortable with 15 pieces? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, well, the, our basic band is, you know, the three lead singers out front. Right. So you started that like three singers. Yeah. Did you yeah. love it? And then like everybody copies it. Oh, yeah, sure. First of all, it's kind of What's a cool. Like you? It's kind of a cool that you started something. Yeah, exactly. But it's amazing how things take on. And know? also, I'll tell you something else. We had three black singers. Right, right. And in an, in an extremely white industry. Right, right. <laughs> It is, it is, say? it is. Oh my God, please. I mean, that's an entire different conversation, like breaking into this industry and being a black, bald Panamanian. But that was the interesting <laughs> thing, because you were always like trim and handsome. It's interesting that you said that you modeled, because you have like, you know, like a presence. Yeah, thank you. You know, so that's that's what I brought to the, right, table. To the table. You know, the right. idea of bringing, now, now bands bring in six singers. Right, of you course. Know, uh, I'm sure you brought more than that, but that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Many other things. So the basic band is the three singers and three horns, right? Two keyboards, you know, bass, drums, and guitar. Another question: a pricing, anything. pricing. And again, and I'm going to bring this up because I think one of the biggest challenges that I confront today is pricing. And yeah, you know, I, I've, I'm in an industry that everyone. Uh, a lot of clients don't even call us because they think we're too expensive. And you know, it's funny. I was going to ask you about that. I didn't want to ask. I'm so glad you brought it up. I have no problem talking about it. And it's interesting because other vendors use that against us. Like they'll get a client that they'll uh -huh. go to them and they say, Preston, don't even go to Preston. He's like the most expensive person in the world. Wow. Which, you know, that's a way of keeping us. Yeah. So it's always been an issue. My question to you as far as pricing, mm -hmm. how is your pricing comparing to the rest of America? Let's say, for instance, if you did a wedding in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. and you're based in New York, right? Yeah. Is the price different? Do you notice that they charge less? You know, that I don't know. I've never really done any destination stuff. I've never done a party. Washington, maybe? I've done Washington. Is it and the same the as New York? Is yeah. It is. Washington, because right. there are a lot of companies in New York, they have offices in Philly. Ah. Um, but I've done Washington, D.C. Right, right. And it is spectacular. Um, but in terms of pricing, people would say you're like on the high end of the middle. 
<laughs> so I said, okay. As long as it's a high end, that's all good. But there's always been bands. Uh, as a matter of fact, someone in the industry that I'm, I'm sure you know wanted to merge with me. Right. Long, long time ago. I remember that. And what was that, like 10 years ago or so? No, it was like, Longer, more like 20. 20 years ago. And she charged like $25,000. Right. And I think I was charging like 10. Right. And did you change like, your mind? Did you change your mind? No, we said we. You know, I I said to her in the, in the nicest way. I said, "Listen, we just see these things differently. Like I I don't put up any signs saying Doug Winter's music or the best kept secret, the name of the band. There are no signs at all. Good for you. And what do you charge today, if you don't mind me asking? What I charge? Mm -hmm. uh, we charge fourteen hundred dollars a player. That's very reasonable, for four actually. Hours. Yeah. So if you have ten pieces, it's like fourteen thousand. Right. That's and very there's, reasonable. Yeah, and there are some people, there are some party planners um, that say, you're not charging enough. You know, if someone else is charging 25 and you're charging, you know, 10 or 15, they think you're, Actually, you're not right. as good. You are right. I mean, I think whoever said that, they yeah. are, you know, people get scared when they hear a higher price. Yeah. But they equate a very low price with what's wrong with I them. I know. No, so I never wanted to be low because there's right. always been like $3,000 bands got and then $10,000 bands and, and, and $25,000 bands. Right. And you know what they, what, what they, what the bands that charge that much money, what they bring is costume changes. Ah. They'll bring a stage. Right, They'll bring it, lighting. It, yeah, They'll yeah. bring, it almost becomes like a Vegas show. Mm -hmm. You know, with the costume changes and all that. Jen, have you worked with Jennifer Zabinski? If you haven't, you should interview her. She's fantastic. You know something? Perry Brocco from Glass Houses, mm -hmm. who used to be at Water's Edge, he said that same thing. She's, he said you have to meet she's, her. She's, she's amazing. Really, she's and I don't know her at all. Professional, and you know, and again, I love working with planners. That two things: one, that they defend the vendor's pricing and explain to the oh, clients. You know, listen, they're charging you this much because of this reason. Right. And I don't like to work with planners that basically try to, like, you know, bring you down to, you know. Oh, so, yeah. The minimal, which, you know, let's face oh, it. Oh, to make the overall cost. Correct. Yeah. I'll tell you to knock your price down, which, again, I think. Right. Eventually, let's face it, we're all in business to have make a living and, you know, we have to make profits. But a lot of planners right. are very invested in see how they could bring down the you know, those are the planners that I'm oh, really? working with, that I choose not to work with, actually. Yeah, sure. But Jennifer is great. Marcy's great. There's another planner by the name of Norma Cohen. So you have to I, introduce me to all these people. Absolutely. I think <laughs> Norma, Norma is, a, is, is a sweetheart, and she, she does a lot of events. She's really wonderful. Right. Uh, so tell me about your pricing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I was hoping you never asked that price. Well, you don't tell me actual dollar amounts, but I mean, like, no. for example, like I can charge by the musician because you can physically see the musician. Right, right. Your, your whole thing is a concept. It's like going into an art gallery. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I never do is discuss money mm. with my clients. However, on the other hand, we are very clear with clients how we charge. And right. there's someone once we consider to work together they will sit down with them and explain to them how we charge which you know at the level what we're doing we normally charge a design fee 
mm-hmm. because remember at the level that we are i have a design department that before the event they show with renderings what the event is going to oh, look wow. like. Oh, wow. Okay. And we normally spend maybe a month creating this rendering. Oh, so it's almost like a pitch for an ad campaign. Well, in a way. But I think for me, it's important that clients actually see it. And I think it's a very good sales tool. Right. I mean, if you, you pay for what you see. You yeah, don't yeah, pay yeah, as yeah. much for what you don't see. And I'm also one of those designers that usually give clients not only one option of design, but three different ones. You know, I started following you on Instagram. Do you do it yourself? Yes, absolutely. You can know that I'm doing it because the grammar is always horrible. (laughs) (laughs) You'll show like two versions of something. Right. You had something with crystals the other Mm -hmm, day. mm -hmm. And you said, I'm proposing this to a client. Which one do you like? Right. Which I think is so brilliant. It's like you're like inviting everybody in to ask their opinion. You know, and I think one of the... But anyway, with the design factor, I was saying, so we give them three different choices. So there's time and energy that goes into them. And usually I have sure. two presentations. The first one is all images. And they will choose. Literally illustrations. Just all it is. So you, now do you have a house illustrator or do you do it? Are you, no, do no, you no. I don't do it. I usually tell them what I like. We have storyboards and they that's, come. That's what I mean. It's like, a, like an advertising campaign. It is in a way. I never thought about it that way, but yeah. it is. And they usually come up with the imageries for the client to actually see it. Right. So then the client will choose what they like. And then we have a second presentation. And that presentation involves if we need to set up tables because I do not believe in surprising clients. Oh, never. Never, ever, Never, ever. never. My favorite story is that years ago, I had this bride that, you know, we showed her everything except for bride bouquet. And... The day of the wedding, I did this amazing bouquet that I thought was amazing, and I presented it to her, yeah. and she started crying. <gasps> but I thought she was crying, crying because it was so beautiful. She, she hated it. <laughs> oh, 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 She hated it. She absolutely hated it. So, you know, since then, I have learned that surprising your clients. So the second presentation is showing them tables. If we have to build small models of whatever buildings or whatever we need to do. Mm-hmm. So there's a price for designing. So there's a design fee. But that makes sense because I, you have to hire out people. You have to pay people to yeah, do this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And clearly then, of course, there's the actual material, which as far as flowers, we usually mark it up 100%. Mm-hmm. So, you know, between... I'm very transparent about this, by the way. Right. You know, there's somebody to actually do the flowers. There's the material. There's the vase. We add that up and we mark it up 100. percent mm-hmm. So we explain that to the client very clearly. Oh, really? You'll say that? Oh, absolutely. And I think I don't know about you, but I would pay for things more readily if I understand where the price is coming and it's not just a made-up price. Exactly. And exactly. for that reason, we do not mind sitting with the client and say, this is exactly what we're charging, and this is the reason why we're charging it. Mm. If a client feels that you should make a markup, you don't want to work with them because, you know, you're working right. for free. So that's, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's how we charge. You know, and again, and first of all, I am a florist at art, at heart. Yeah. But actually, only 30% of what we do is flowers. Seventy percent is either design, design and transformation, and floors, and you know, and so there's a lot of uh, architectural drawings. You know, we have built, I've done weddings that were built buildings, literally. 
No kidding. I did a, a royal wedding that we built a building that they remain with for future weddings. Wow. And we have done structures, which, you know, they're very popular in places like Brazil or Peru that they don't use tents. They use these structures that you build these things that specific. Oh, so you'll literally build the building. Well, not me personally. No, but, of course but not. But your design. That's part of the design that we offer. So, right. you know, and a lot of people only think of us as floors, which is a good problem, by the way, because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, they call us because they think the only thing that we do is floors. So, right. So... Whenever we say that we're designing, there's a lot more than just the flowers, which, of course, the flowers, we want to try to do something original and beautiful and come up with, you know, ideas that have never been seen before, which is not the easiest thing to do in the world. And, you know, I think I've always equating our business to fashion designers. Every year they have to come up with a yes. new collection. I know. We should do the same thing. And that's why I try to do more or less. We, I usually design something for like six months that I love, right. and then, of course, the challenge is trying to convince the client for them to like it, so that's another step, and after that six months, I stop using it, and then I design something else, mm. and I think that forces us to remain a little bit fresh instead of repeating the same thing over and over and over. That's so funny. I feel the yeah. same way about music. It's like the reason some, uh, so many bands get stale right. is that they, a song works, so they'll play it again, the and again same and again way, and again. After and then, I've had people call me from the airport, right, on their way to their honeymoon. They say, "Can you send me your the set list that you played for our wedding?" And it was like the night before. And I said, like, "I have no idea. I'm sure I played. I want you back by the Jackson Five. And I'm sure I played. <laughs> yeah, I'm but sure again, I played this and that. But I like to think. I literally, when people are on the dance floor, think as I, as I'm doing it. One minute into into the song, I'm thinking what the next song should be. It's called being present." Being present. And really yeah. reacting to what's happening. Yeah, and if you make medleys, all right, let's go with this song into this song. It gets stale. The musicians mm. get stale. You're mm. playing the same song in the same keys, so predictable Yeah, that you could dial it in. And you know, and I think people like us that have been in business for such a long time really mm. understand that. If Imagine if you kept doing the same thing, you, you were bored out of your mind. Ah. <laughs> I mean, forget yeah, it. I mean, you know, so I think, I think you're right. I think the importance of just keep mixing it up and you know and sometimes it's not easy sometimes the great ideas do not come as often as you want them to come and right. sometimes when you think you have a great idea the clients hate it right so you exactly. know it's always a trial and error a game but i think it's important to keep playing and again we itemize everything so there's no surprises there's no surprises and you yeah. know if there is something and you know Clearly, a lot of our clients are very wealthy people or whatever. And, you know, they got wealthy because they knew how to take care of the dollar. Exactly. So we never... There's that famous story of Oprah where she said that I sign every check. Yes, I remember she saying that. And, you know, so, yes. I mean, I was never the business person, you know, like that. I wish I, wish I was. I wish I was, too. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I wish I still, you know, that doesn't interest me. I just want to know at the end of the year how much money I made and if I could pay all of my vendors and all of my employees. Yeah, but I'm and have some money left over. <laughs> right, so it's important to get someone that really is into that. You've done the party that I would kill to do, which is the Met Gala. No, I've never done the Met Gala. You've never done a Met Gala? Never. I would kill to do it too. <laughs> See, we'll do it together. We'll do it together. Let's go no, picture. No, 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 no. I, I think Miss Winter is very specific in what she likes, and I think we just once we did a benefit like right after 9-11 but besides from that I've never worked with her 
a year ago we did Serena Williams' wedding oh. and a winter was there shooting it. And I was up in her face for her to pay attention to me and she was not having it. She's like, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> well, somebody, you know, she was like, excuse me, get out of my way. I'm taking my pictures. <laughs> it's funny. I was talking to her because right. as the band leader, I'm harmless. You know, I, I, they want the party to be as good as it can be. So I'd be talking, we were talking about songs and I said, you know, last year when you came out, we, your walk on music was, you know, Madonna's Vogue, which is so obvious. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we're obviously talking about Anna Wintour, who everybody pronounces her name differently. So I hope we're doing that right. Win well, if Wintour, we had, she will just Wintour, forgive us. Wintour. Yeah, <laughs> she'll, she'll call in. No, we're really on a shit list. I mean, yeah. We're saying her name wrong. Yeah, exactly. Well, Anna. Miss Anna. So I was ha having about a 10-minute conversation with her, and she was laughing and animated. And lovely. And afterwards, her people came out and said, like, wow, she loves you. And I said, you got to understand, it's like when... I talk to her, you know, I'm not asking, you know, to be in the magazine. I'm not asking to be, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, she wants the music to be as good as it can be. And I was just saying, you know, I don't want to play the same stupid song that probably everybody plays when right, she walks right, into the room. Course. So, so I you have a very good Anna experience. Good for you. I had a lovely Anna experience. <laughs> Anna, if you're listening to this podcast, both of us want to make gala. So keep us in mind. Mr. Winters and Mr. Bailey. Absolutely, we'll, we'll go as a team. We'll do it together. Um, tell me about the creative process between you and the client. You create these drawings and you create all of these plans and everything else, but you've never seen it. And, you know, seeing it come into life, I think there's a great deal of excitement and depredation. You're a little bit scared that things might not work as well as you thought they will. Oh, that's, oh, oh you think that? Absolutely. There's always... Like, what if I do all this, even at this point? Well, yes, because, you know, we really try as much as possible for each event to bring something new that we haven't done before. So, you know, there's always that, mm, is this really going to work? It really works on paper, but is it going to work in real life? And Sometimes, do you know? <laughs> you know, I've always said that I can't think of the last event that I've done that there hasn't been a mistake of some kind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't think of one. Well, there has to be. I mean, you're literally dealing with thousands of flowers. And again, you're seeing flowers only. Remember that it's not only flowers. It's right. building right. stuff. And right. things could fall. Like, for example. Destructions that we built. I mean, if, imagine if you build a building and it falls. You know, so clearly the flowers we got, not a problem. We have a science. We have worked with it for years. And we know, make sure that it, they don't fall. And right. you, exactly. We got that. that that's... And clearly, we will keep trying to do them different every time. And, you know, but remember that we usually set it up here as a presentation so we know mm -hmm. exactly what we're going to do. So that's never a problem. It's yeah. everything else. Okay. I have a question that I've always wanted to ask. You know, when you're at uh, a table of 10 people and the florist makes this huge bouquet of flowers, this huge centerpiece, and you literally can't see the person across from you you can't talk to them you can't see them well first of all i have to tell you that there are several ways of thinking of that yeah. and one of them is that i don't know between the music and the environment i can't remember the last time that i was at the wedding or at any event and spoke to the person across the table anyway Think ah, about you it. see you okay, always talk to the great. people however i've had clients that says you know build whatever you want on the table they don't need to see each other but, you know, most of the time we do try to make that base that is so thin that you could still see. Right. And see it's easy it. for conversation. That never happens. Right. 
That's really it's too funny. far. Yeah, because yeah. you're never going to talk to the person never, across from you. You might say, hi, how are you? It's what's so your funny. name? You know what times I've said, oh, you don't want a big centerpiece in the middle. Yeah, yeah. He's like, what's your name? Yeah, okay, fine. And that's great. Because you can't hear them. Yeah. So you speak to the person next to you or closer to you. Or you talk to them on the dance floor. Exactly. You know, I, I say <laughs> Not that. Not at the dance floor, too busy dancing. I say that to couples all the time. Everyone you're inviting should love one of the two of you, <laughs> at least. Right. So it's not your job to go from table to table to see everybody. But well, you're actually, not the I, MC. I disagree with you, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. I think, which I've seen couples do, and I've seen, you know, that you go from table to table, you feel included and you feel welcome. Oh, that's and a good you point. feel, you know. I did this wedding that the couple insisted that there was two empty chairs at every table. And at each point of the evening, they made it a point to go to each table and sit even for 10 or 15 minutes and be part of the table. And I thought that was so sweet in the sense that they were the hosted, the person didn't feel, you know, so no, I think it's important that they do. It's a lot of work, especially when you have 500 people and you got 50 tables to visit. If you're telling them that, and I'm telling them that they have to be on the dance floor. <laughs> <laughs> Just think how we're confusing everybody. Well, not really, no, because I think there's time for everything. I'm talking about the host and the, 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 if it's the couple. Yeah. I mean, you know, I yeah. think. And you don't really mean 10, 15 minutes. It could be like two, five, three minutes. Absolutely. A lot of times they'll say, hi, how are you? you know, kissy, kissy, and move on to the next table, maybe go for dance. Right. And then do another two or three tables. But I think a lot of people don't eat at weddings, but that's not a conversation. I know. That's a, that's a whole other thing that, I, you know. They get full of cocktails. Um, well, this is wonderful. Thank this you. Is, I mean, um, it's been wonderful. So my whole you. my whole concept of you know the Panamanian you know lushness and you know rainforest and all that you know was your influence. It's like nah, I had left when I was eight, nineteen and yeah, clearly. I mean, I don't think I've ever looked at a flowers while I lived in Panama. Right. But nevertheless, I'm sure the influence of the rainforest, as I said, you know, if, if you see my work, I've done a million trees of all different types. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of influence of where I came from. Sure. Orchids, which it's still one of my favorite flowers. And Orchids. Panama has like so many different varieties. And do you always know where to get them? It's like, because they're so seasonal, aren't they? Do you have to go around the world to get them? No, no. You have to understand that we live in a, in a time snow, that we get any flowers at any time. I mean, yeah. that's like the best thing. Didn't, didn't exist 20 years ago. No. Well, you know, we could It's like, I wanted to see some of your books. I ordered three of your books on Amazon. I got them Thank the next you. day. Exactly. <laughs> you know? The old day, you had to walk to the bookstore I know, and you hope to go that it's there. Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> and pray for, yeah, exactly. Um, Preston, thank you so much for thank your time. You. Thank you. Thank you for... Uh, I'm glad to see that you're still around and that you're doing this and you're yeah. doing great work. Yeah. You know, keep up doing the great well. work. Thanks a lot.